Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to New Books and Language, a channel on the New Books Network. I'm Malcolm Keating. Today we'll be talking to Stephen P. Flyer, author of Talk About Faith, How Debate and Conversation Shape Belief, published in 2021 by Cambridge University Press. Welcome to New Books and Language, Stephen. Well, thank you very much for having me, Malcolm. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. So let's dive right in. Your book focuses on discourse analysis of Christian and Muslim conversations online. Can you start by telling our listeners what your book's main goal is? So what is discourse analysis, for instance, able to tell us about things like religious interaction, about technology, and about their relationship? Well, I guess what I'm really interested in is the processes of uh, how belief is made. Um, And of course, I'm uh, a person who's interested in language. Excuse me. I'm a person who's interested in language. So um, I, I, I feel like a lot of those uh, processes of belief can be seen in how people talk about what it is that they believe. Um, I've spent a lot of my my career looking at people arguing with each other, um, particularly you know Christians, atheists, and Muslims. And I was interested in this book in having a closer look at how people present their faith um, to uh, people of well, people of different faiths, but also to people in, within their own faith, and then how that presentation of belief as people talk about it, how that uh, comes to uh, uh, change or reinforce or reposition people um, uh, as they uh, as they as they live, and uh, so that that was really my my focus is to to look at those processes. Mm-hmm. So, how did you get interested in the book's topic, and how did you choose the particular conversations that you're looking at? Your your background is uh, you've worked on metaphor, discourse analysis, technology. How did these different strands of interest, and in, you know, maybe your personal life, if it's relevant, bring you to this particular book? Right. Well, I've been like like you said, I've been looking at technology and 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 religion for for quite some time. I think when I came to write this book, um, one of the the things that had been on my mind, I think, in terms of uh, the way the world was at the at the time, was this was, you know, just around 2016, and I think like a lot of people, you said to talking about personal life. I had grown up in an evangelical Christian home, quite a fundamentalist. Uh, upbringing. And um, uh, when Donald Trump sort of came onto the scene, I had this idea, I think that a lot of people did at the time, it's kind of weird as we think back on it now, you know, that uh, Trump wasn't uh, at that time, you know, wasn't popular with evangelicals at all. um, And uh, became that even now we sort of it's, it's, um, it seems uh, kind of like an obvious thing that that evangelicals would support Trump, but I remember at the time thinking that of course not. You know, um, particularly people in my family, they would never, you know, they would never support Donald Trump. Um, but that over that time, that to you know, 2015, 2016, just to watch the shift in in the way that uh, he was perceived, um, and I was I was interested in that uh, because you could you could see it happening, you could follow it within how how people were talking about it, and it wasn't just that people were sitting in a room and making a decision, you know, uh, Trump is the right way to go. It was, it was a conversation among people. And, um, uh, I think when, uh, when that all ended, I of course was, was uh, probably not overstating it to say that I was shocked by it, but, um, I think the more that I thought about it, um, and, uh, the more that I thought about the kind of the research that I had been doing, um, it it shouldn't have been shocking to me that people uh, shifted their uh, their stated belief about something, and that also actually 
the way that what they had believed before and and what they had believed as they came to support Donald Trump were actually not not that different rhetorically or 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 in terms of their discourse that actually um you're able to make those things fit together and um i as i was thinking about how that happened i was i thought it, this would be a really interesting um kind of uh, uh thing to investigate within my work um you asked how i then went on to pick the people that i that i i did analysis of it my book looks um specifically at um public is in public discourse about uh, uh, Christianity and Islam, and I chose to look at people, the, the, the kind of the three main characters or, th- or three main groups that I look at in in the book. One is a, a podcast called the Bad Christian Podcast, which is um, you know uh, Christian guys, uh, is the three guys who uh, they, they they kind of sell themselves as bad Christians, but um, that that basically just means that they that they swear and they talk about things that you know. Good, good, quote unquote, good Christians might not talk about. Um, um, and then uh, there was a, a guy on on YouTube and Instagram called um, Ali Dawa, who's a kind of a, a, a Muslim Dawa preacher, young guy. Um, uh, and then uh, I was looking at debates between, um, well, it's debates between a couple of different people, but the main character in that is uh, Shabir Ali, who's a, a Canadian um, uh, uh, apologist for um, Islam, and. I picked those groups basically, those those uh, the the podcast, and then um, Ali Dawan and Shabir Ali because I thought they represented a good mix of people who both talk to their own communities and then talk to people who are opposed to them. Um, and I was primarily interested in seeing how uh, how what, what kind of differences I could observe in how people talk to themselves about uh, uh, changes in um, in faith or changes in belief and practices and then what uh, how, how people uh, talked about uh, themselves then in relationship to, to, to others and so that was uh, that was why I picked it I, I was really interested in, in public public discourse people talking about uh, things publicly and and um, all three of them are um, or uh, the, the the two of them in the podcast are very very public uh, discussions mm-hmm. yeah and we'll we'll talk about the sort of the role of the the, the various different publics or audiences and how that inter, inter, interacts with their their discourse. But let's lay the groundwork a little bit before we we get into that. So you've introduced us to sort of the main characters, as it, as it were. Uh, but for our listeners who maybe don't know much about discourse analysis, there, there are a few different concepts that you employ throughout the book. Of course, you're, you're working in a sort of interdisciplinary context, and you draw on a lot of different ideas. So Maybe let's start with you helping us understand a couple of these main concepts that you're working with. So first of all, you talk a lot about positionings and storylines, and you also talk about primary and secondary discourse. So what are these ideas and how are they important to the main arguments in your book? Right. I guess the important starting point here is that when I say that I'm a discourse analyst, I'm saying that from a a linguistic or a language perspective, um, uh, and rather than um, I think when people think of discourse analysis, they tend to think of Foucault. And um, I mean, I, I have nothing but love for Foucault, but I, I don't really do the kind of discourse analysis that uh, that 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 he did, or that's that's done in in uh, kind of his lineage. In in the sense that I'm I'm really interested in interaction. It's it's uh, it's empirical analysis that's um, that's inductive. Um, 
And so for me, discourse really is the the interaction between people and then all of the things that go into the the, the context of that interaction, all the um, uh, all, all the different uh, elements or components that uh, that are contributing to that. So it's not just the language, it's uh, it's the context as well. So for me that's that's what I'm what I mean when I'm talking about uh, discourse. And as I as I delve into that, you 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 brought up these um, these uh, key terms of positioning and storylines and and positioning you can kind of see uh, I, I, I pull on um, two traditions really in, in my book where I'm talking about the kind of the social psychology research on it um, which is uh, Harry and Van Langenhove and then um, the narrative positioning which is mostly uh, Michael Bamberg's work um, I know you're not supposed to do this one of the things about interdisciplinary language is people using um, the, the same or similar words to describe very different things and actually if you look at the kind of the, those two histories they're really not talking about um, uh, um, e- exactly the same thing but for me what, what what I'm interested in is is in social context how people um, uh, are taking on these uh, these I think the word position is really useful or, or positionings is useful because it talks about a kind of uh, fluid situation or a dynamic situation and um, uh, I I I, I think that's very interesting, particularly when we're talking about people of uh, of, of religious belief when they're um, in different contexts. What does it mean to be a Muslim when you're talking to a Christian versus what does it mean to be a Muslim when you're talking to other Muslims? And I think that um, uh, kind of the nuance of that uh, positioning um, uh, helps uh, helps describe storylines. For me, then, are again that's another one you could talk about master narratives. I mean, Foucault's dis- idea of discourse really, in in some ways, uh, fits with uh, uh, fits with a um, a notion of of storylines as well, um, uh, but this is this is sort of in, in the way that I talk about it in the book is the way that people abstract their life experiences or abstract things in their lives to um, fit into these. Uh, well, again, I, I'm using the word storylines, but they're more generic ways of of, of abstracting uh, the world. So, um, you know. Uh, Talking about even even the word struggle, if 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 you're if you're if you're using that metaphor, it's it's thinking about something that you're you're experiencing in terms of fighting, which is again a level of ab- abstraction in, in in my mind. Um, and so uh, uh, th- that that occurs as as I look at in the book on sort of different levels. You can talk about um, uh, you can talk about a specific instance, or then you can talk about um, a kind of more abstract instance. Where in the case of talking about Christians and Muslims, you know, we 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 talk about a, you know, um, in in the case of at least one instance in the book, we're talking about the Muslims are are talking about. Um, uh, I, I don't know uh, whether or not they should um, uh, sell uh, uh, sell alcohol at Tesco. So uh, Tesco is a British supermarket, right? Um, and in, in in that example, the the sort of the exact example is a person selling alcohol at Tesco's. But then you can start to abstract this as sort of a Muslim doing things that are um, considered uh, haram or or, or for, forbidden. Um, and uh, that that kind of moving between that level of specificity and abstractness, I think, is is what I'm trying to pick up in in, in the storylines. Then you asked about first and uh, second order discourses, and, and that's a a, a term from uh, uh, Foucault that I that I draw on, which is this idea of. Um, I think we're talking about first order discourses. Those are the things that are created by the the, the sacred texts or um, uh, the um, uh, sometimes in, in some cases institutional discourses from um, uh, different religions. And then the ways that uh, people of faith then talk about uh, uh, 
the, the, the sacred text or, or the institutional discourse in their own life. And that could be um, quoting the text or it could be um, using words from the text. Um, it could be using sort of the register of the text as 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 well, which I, I, I in, in another book I talk about the, the way that people use kind of King James version English sometimes to uh, to to note that they're talking about uh, sort of religious things. The these and the thous come out suddenly um, in in day to day interaction, and that 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 for me is an example of a kind of second order discourse. It is using the words of that first order discourse to, to kind of imbue authority on on what you're saying. Yeah. And so the important thing in your book is that these uh, positionings and storylines emerge out of the, the inter- interaction. They may change, they're fluid. And one of the things you're, you're trying to do is draw these out through attention to the, as you say, the data of the, the religious discourse. Yeah, and I think maybe the, the the point in all that, and getting back to my my point about Trump, was that um, uh, quite often the ways that that people account for what it is that they believe or what it is that they do uh, goes back to some some other larger understanding of the world that they have, and um, that so it, it is it's 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 emergent and it's novel in in the instance that it that it happens, but if you have a close look at what people are saying and how they're accounting for things, again, this isn't sort of falling out of the sky, as it were. It's sort of baked in to what 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 people think and and believe about the world all, already. Um, that very rarely. And this is the point with the storylines and why I think that they're useful is that very rarely do you come up with something that's um, entirely novel. I mean, I didn't, I guess in, in, in my book, um, I, I don't I don't really find any instances of that. I'm always able to kind of tra- trace it back to something, um, whether or not that's something that came, um, that that precedes it in the, like the immediate di- discourse event that, that, that I'm looking at, or um, it fits into something in, in the tradition. And I, I point out in a couple of places in the book where the arguments are very, very old arguments, you know, these questions about uh, between the, the Christians and the Muslims debating about, you know, is, is the Bible the word of God? Um, those kinds of arguments are, are, are pretty old. Time, time. Long time. <laughs> These have been time tested. Time, <laughs> time tested. Yeah. Yes, there we go. So let's let's dig in then to the book's chapters so that we can get some of these, a sense of these ideas we can um, then talk about maybe some connections about among the different chapters after that. So you've, you've arranged the book's chapters thematically, it looks like to me. So we've got chapter three, for instance, focuses on representation after the first couple of chapters, setting setting the conceptual stage and introducing the the data. So when you're thinking about representation, how does representation, as you're understanding it, maybe you could talk about what it is, emerge out of these interactions? So as you say, the participants are positioning themselves, uh, they're positioning others within these storylines. Can you give us maybe some examples of how they do this and, and how this relates, for instance, to what it means to be seen as a Christian or as a Muslim? What's going on in this section? Right. I, I, I think that that for me, that the whole idea of, of, um, of being able to, to label yourself as something or being able to, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm using the word positioning again because I, I, I like the the dynamics uh, element of it that to, to say that um, what does it mean to be a Muslim um, 
or a Christian will depend on the 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 context that someone is in. Now, in terms of, and I kind of make this point at the beginning of the book, in terms of what people believe, that kind of the statement of belief, as it were, of 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 the average Christian or the average Muslim, as I'm sort of. Uh, 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 presenting them in 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 the book is a is a theological thing. It's a, it is it is something element. Uh, it's, it is about uh, about um, belief. But um, as 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 happens in this um, uh, in in that chapter in particular, um, uh, the definition or or the understanding of being a, a Muslim when you are um, in a debate with an evangelical Christian in front of an evangelical Christian crowd that is um, and that that debate that I'm talking about happens post 9/11 um, that uh, that the the way that in in that case Shabir Ali is being positioned as a as a as a in, in a lot of cases is kind of like a, a terrorist or a threat um, is um, uh, the result of that of that context, um, and you know that if if it was uh, Shabir Ali in a, a primarily uh, Muslim audience arguing with a Christian, um, it would be different. I know this because in 2014, I, I wrote about this briefly in, in in my book from 2018. But um, I vi- I saw Shabir Ali debate on a Seventh Day Adventist in in Birmingham, in the UK where I live. Um, I, I went uh, and uh, and. Uh, attended this uh, debate and it was a pre- predominantly you know British Muslim audience and the conversation was completely different because of that uh, that the, the the framing of the discussion and it was around um, you know um, uh, this uh, sort of the issues that that, uh, that you sort of see as predominantly um, important to Muslims in, in relationship to, to Christianity which is really about the nature of the Bible and whether or not the Bible is really the word of God or not Um and so, for for me, that 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 point about what what you get to say, what what does it mean to be a Christian, and what does it mean to be a Muslim? I think in in in, in the examples that I give from from that chapter, um, I think most in in most kind of Christian contexts where it's a it's a predominantly Christian group of people talking about who they are, um, you're not going to spend they're, they're not going to spend much time talking about whether or not the Bible is the word of God or not compared to other sacred texts. You know, it's, it, it's not an important part of that, uh, of that conversation. You know, likewise, um, when a group of Muslims get together, they're not going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, Jesus necessarily, right? That it's, Jesus is sort of a minor, uh, a, a minor figure uh, in Islam, um, but uh, is, is, is made to be a more important figure in, in the kind of the context of, of, uh, of a Christian debate. So, um, I, I guess what what that means. I mean, in in one sense, that those labels of of Christian and, and Muslim are are not changing um, for fundamentally in terms of what they believe, but um, what they're what they're talking about and how they're having to represent each uh, themselves and the other uh, the other person in 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 the conversation in the case of the debate um, is really dependent on. Um, uh, on the context, yeah, yeah. So you you point out, for instance, that even these terms like uh, Christian and and Muslim, that uh, one of the debate uh, exchanges between Shabir Ali and uh, Dave Hunt, Hunt explicitly just tries to talk about being a Christian in opposition to various Christian denominations, and you make the point that this isn't necessarily because he isn't concerned with these distinctions. 
Um, but that in this particular contest, what he, he wants to do is sort of frame something as quote unquote biblical Christianity um, as its own sort of category for his own particular purposes uh, in, in, right. in the debate. Right, which is such an interesting thing in, in terms of a, cate- a categorization of yourself, where um, in that in that case, this uh, this uh, Christian apologist is really stressing the point that he's a biblical Christian, and really he's using that categorization as a way to um, uh, uh, inoculate himself against criticism of 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 any other Christian that uh, that Shabir Ali might bring up because he can just say then at that point oh well that person's not a biblical Christian they're a uh, you know they're a, they're a Methodist or they're a Lutheran or a Catholic um and uh that that's the way that he's um he's he's trying to frame it and actually again and this is the point I think that he says that I'm a biblical Christian and that category I mean, I'm I'm sort of laughing at it in 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 in, in the book. I'm I'm critical of it, um, but it works for his audience because his audience understands what that means to them, and that's that's sort of the 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 interesting thing to me that um, what does it mean to be a biblical Christian as far as as far as Hunt describes? It? He says, "Well, I believe what the Bible says, not what other people say about the Bible," which. Um, doesn't really work, of course, if you're having an argument about what the Bible what the Bible says. But if everybody agr- around you agrees, sort of generally, with the way that you are interpreting the Bible, then it it it, it works w- well in terms of building a community of of people to say, well, we're we're the real deal, and everybody else isn't. Yeah, and and this theme comes up in the Bad Christian podcast, of course, with the discussion of the idea of the inerrancy of the Bible. And so there's a slightly different way of, I guess, positioning themselves in relationship to some of these um, categories of uh, fundamentalism and biblical literal literalism. And we can talk about that podcast and what's going on there in terms of representation. Well, I think, yeah, in terms of the, the the bad Christian podcast. Now, this is this is why I did the analysis the way that I did because in in that first instance where I was looking at a debate, I'm looking at an oppositional situation where the kind of the, the it's the Christian versus the Muslim, and that that is really how these debate uh, uh, they, well they're they're real events that you know were recorded and then posted on YouTube. That's really how they're they're presented. And the, you know, again, the one that I saw in Birmingham, it really was a kind of uh, um, it, it was it was it was sort of Build as a kind of uh, fight between these 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 two people, but with a bad Christian podcast, then uh, the audience is predominantly Christian, um, uh, um, and it's people who are, um, I, I guess, more more. I would say use the word moderate, but um, uh, maybe that's the that's the wrong conceptual conceptualization of them. They're people who are um, interested in having conversations about what does it mean to be a, a Christian or a local Christian. But it's essentially a safe place then, because um, everyone agrees that that we're all on the on the same team together. And once you make the parameters that it's a safe place to talk about things, then I think those questions, and in that case, they're talking about inerrancy, you know, the inerrancy of the Bible um, and, and whether or not you can still be a Christian and and believe that uh, the Bible uh, isn't necessarily inerrant. Although if if you listen carefully to what they say, no one really ever takes that um, uh, a real hard line position about that. They're basically just discussing, is it a is it possible for you to be a Christian and um, and not believe in the inerrancy of, of of the Bible? I think because of the context of of Christians listening to Christians, then you're able 
or they, or they're able in that in that situation to take these kind of um, maybe maybe more um, uh, more uh, again I, 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 I I'm hesitant to use the words conservative and, and liberal because it's it, 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 that, again, that's how uh, talk about storylines. That's how we've we've learned to think about these things. But they're different views, just different views of the text. That they probably wouldn't, if you put those those same people in an argument with um, with Muslims talking about the inerrancy of the Quran versus the Bible, um, it would be a much different discussion. Yeah, yeah. And let's go back to before we move on to the next chapter to the uh, the discussion um, in the uh, podcast. No, sorry. YouTube video uh, with Ali, where here what we have is not an oppositional situation explicitly in the sense of a debate, uh, and there is a, as a Muslim audience, but there's some way in which there's opposition um, that kind of creeps into the conversation because they're talking about people who are Muslims living in a context where their actions are are sort of scrutinized or are coming up against modern culture, um, things like that. And and here you point out uses of the collective we and how there's a, a sort of uh, well, tell me tell me what's going on here in terms of the understanding of what it is to be a Muslim in some of these instances. Yeah, so I think in in that case it's it's similar again to that the bad Christian podcast because um uh you know the 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 discussion then about what is um you know what is acceptable or unacceptable for uh, for um uh, a Muslim to do in a in a, a the context of um uh you know a, a Western, I guess. In in, in the case of uh, Ali Dawa, he's he's in the UK, so it's it's easy to think about it in terms of in terms of the UK. You know, the UK has a has a um, uh, is still a, a, a small minority Muslim population, but but there's there's um, you know a significant number of, of, of Muslims, and um, so the question is always um, in 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 Ali Dawa's. Uh, 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 videos and in the conversations that he has with different people is sort of what, what, what's okay, what, what can you do, and what what can't you do, and um, it, it becomes these sort of nuanced discussions of um, in 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 the cases uh, that that I talk about in the book, you know. Uh, uh, Complicated things like if if you're working at a supermarket, should you touch pork or should you touch um, alcohol? I think is is the main one that they're that they're more interested in. Um, they talk about you know whether or not you should get uh, car insurance. That's another another big one. Um, and uh, uh, in those cases, I think that um, what what you see is. Uh, People really struggling with uh, with not only you know, you know the difficulties of modern life of living in uh, uh, you know living in um, I should I shouldn't say modern life of living in in, in the UK um, and and the necessity that people are going to come up with different um, answers to to some of these questions. Now they they I think they all agree that there are probably situations that that everything would say is you know that, that everyone would agree are are wrong. Like actually drinking alcohol, probably I think that's 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 one that um, at, at least with the group of people that I was looking at, no one no one was saying that that was okay. But I think that it, it's this again this issue of dealing with with the gray area and the gray area, and this is the same I think in the in the bad Christian podcast is is portrayed as coming from outside in some way that that, that the contemporary world is forcing us to have to deal with these issues um and and because of that then we have to we have to come up with some sorts of answers um which i think is i think is interesting because it's able to kind of see it um uh as 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 uh as um 
not not the result of 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 the faith itself, but sort of the the, the contemporary world um, infringing on on that faith and, and people having to adapt to it. When the, when the truth is, well, the, the the faith is having to adapt because it it's times change, right? It's not that there's some some enemy out there that's the contemporary world trying to um, uh, trying to ruin the religion. It's just mm-hmm. the nature of of the world changing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot going on in this uh, chapter we uh, obviously don't have time to get into, but it would bring in the, the relationship between primary and secondary discourse, of course, and in terms of the um, the role of the, the Quran and other texts in determining or in influencing one's, one's decisions uh, well, and, 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 and its application, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and also that, that talking about analogies and understanding one thing in terms of the other, mm-hmm. whether understanding the Quran and the Bible in relationship to each other, I think is a, is another key another key part of that. Where you say, well, if if we if if we have the Bible, then we have the Quran, and and I mean, honest, the the the, the debates about that are, um, uh, well, I guess we're getting into the next uh, next couple of chapters, but that that question about authority, where, where does the authority come from? Um, if if you if you conceive of authority and sacred texts in different ways, I mean the 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 question about whether which which seem, people seem to want to debate um, uh, a lot, which is whether or not you know the, is the Quran the word of God or is the Bible the word of God? Well, it's, it seems like the, the the actual answer is they're very different books that do very different things, yeah. and but that can't be the answer, right? Mm-hmm, if, mm-hmm. If, if you're, if you're if you're conceiving of it as a fight between Muslims and Islam, uh, Muslims and Christians, and and uh, trying to to sort out who's right and who's wrong, then you can't say, well, they're two different books doing two very different right. uh, different things. You have to you have to decide that one's right and one's wrong. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's a, that's a good good segue. Thank you for for chapter four, which does focus on authority, and you, know, you title it "Inspiration, Authority, and Interpretation." So obviously, there's a, a textual aspect here to authority in terms of these sacred texts, the Bible, the Quran. But the the chapter also talks about the individual authority that a pastor, for instance, or a scholar might have or or fail to have. So again, what insights do we gain into the relationship between these different kinds of authority that emerges out of these conversations in the in the sort of discourse context that you're looking at? I, I think that this goes back in, in in some ways to the the idea of storylines that I uh, that I talked about earlier, where we say um, uh, you can have people who um, uh, who emerge as as leaders and authorities um, uh, kind of unexpectedly in some mm-hmm. cases. In in in, in the case of um, uh, the guy that uh, Ali Dawa on on YouTube is quite, you know quite a young, um, uh, not uh, does not very not not theologically trained um, in in sort of any serious way, but kind of emerges as a as an authority and. Um, uh, based on on what he's doing, but um, I, I think that that it, it's it's about drawing on uh, on uh, 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 previous uh, authorities or other other authorities within uh, the context that people recognize as being um, uh, as rec- recognized as being authoritative. So uh, I mean, I think at, at the very basis of it is the sacred text, right? That's that's where the, the starting point of it is. Or um, as as they conceive of it, the the um, uh, the Christians going back to to Jesus, um, or um, Muslims going back to to Muhammad. Um, that that that's sort of the 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 gold standard of authority. And then people um, in in some way talk again. It's similar to the to the first order and second order discourses that um, authority then is in some way. A, a second order discourse based on um, uh, uh, that that first order 
person, right? The, um, whether it's Jesus or, or Muhammad. Although, again, the the real problem with the, the interaction between the the religions in terms of um, understanding each other and understanding what what they each individual uh, uh, faith believes is that again, Muhammad and and Jesus are very very different figures. You can't uh, 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 trying to compare them to each other and how they're how they're perceived within. Um, Within their um, uh, their different religions, I think is um, uh, is one of the one of the problems because uh, again, it would it, it, the real answer is they're very different people who did very different things, and uh, that that's never the, sort of the end of the debate. You it would be a kind of a, a quick debate to say, well, oh, it's different, and uh, that's it. Um, so, so in terms of who gets who gets recognized as authority and who doesn't, I I think in the book that I make a kind of an argument that it, it is it is about um, in some way people showing that they uh, that they that they understand that the sort of the first order uh, authority and that they're that they're able conversant in it, but also that other people recognize them as an authority, and that's really the kind of if we're talking about emergence, the interesting thing to me about it, it's not just that um, uh, somebody is an authority because because they, you know, they're they're a pastor or they're a sheikh or or, or whatever. It's that uh, enough people recognize them as an authority and point them out as an authority, um, and that really to be to be a leader, you you have to have people to lead. So that once somebody has um, uh, has people that are following them, um, they they naturally become an authority because people believe what it is they say. And again, going back to the kind of uh, the the Trump example that I brought up at the beginning, that these 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 things that we're talking about are not just it's it's not just religion, and it's not just Christianity and Islam. You can see the same sorts of things happening and you know, same sorts of other processes happening just in in social life more generally. That um, uh, you 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 can see people rising in gaining authority by doing um uh, uh the sort of the right sort of things that get them recognized as being that kind of authority and and people then making um uh, uh reasons or having a reasoning about it that uh that allows them to to take the authority um that uh, that that they claim yeah well and and it seems to me that there's an interesting tension uh, running throughout here in terms of the role of these, the primary discourse, the text, which in particular in the um, Christian context, there's this idea that the text should be in some sense self-interpreting and that you don't want to set up these these intermediaries. There's some poo-pooing of the idea of uh, too much scholarship. Uh, but at the same time, there does seem to be a recognition, for instance, in the bad Christian po- context, that uh, there there are people that can misuse these texts, that they they can exploit the text, they can exploit other people. So it seems like there's a there's a tension that it, certainly the, the Christians are grappling with, but I think also the um, the Muslims in in their own different ways. Uh, maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I think that again the the, the basis of of uh, the the beliefs is important here. That if uh, in in the case that uh, that uh, uh, the 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 Christians in, that I'm that I'm looking at have a belief that the Holy Spirit is guiding them in their interpretation of of, of the text, um, that. Um, that's fine, um, uh, provided everyone is getting the same word from the Holy Spirit, as it were. And um, in communities where people are, um, you know, living 
close together and they're 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 attending the same church and hearing the same teachings and uh, have the same pastor. Um, you can see how that uh, that uh, people would tend to have the same idea. So they, 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 their, their word from the Holy Spirit would be a similar word from the Holy Spirit, as it were, um, because of that that kind of close-knit community. Um, the difficulty, I think, in um, this, this digital uh, age that we're living in um, is that um, suddenly you've got people who are claiming to hear from the Holy Spirit who um, are, you know, disagreeing with you um, uh, in, entirely. And of course, this this happens in 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 you know, in physical life as well, and on digital world, of course, there's plenty of people disagreeing about what what the Holy Spirit said. But I think it's it's kind of um, exaggerated in this um, in this uh, con- social media context in particular. Um, that there has to be this kind of and the bad Christian podcast really is they're they're the ones that are struggling probably the most with. Um, what happens when people have disagreements? And I mean, the, the, I think the key ones for them are around um, uh, inerrancy of the of, of the of the scripture and um, uh, homosexuality. I think those are the, the two that I kind of focus on the most in the book um, because they, I think they they perceive those as being kind of genuine differences that people are, um, you know, uh, they're not uh, not trying to scam anyone, as it were. They're just, uh, you know, they're 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 actually uh, genuinely believing different things. Now, in terms of Islam, I think that um, one. One of the one of the, the again the important differences uh, between Christianity and, and Islam in the sacred text is that um, in in Islam where you have a um, uh, uh, the the text is. Uh, is is non-translatable, right, or untranslatable, right? If you if you only have the Arabic and it's only the classic Arabic as it um, uh, as it stands, um, I think that that cuts out a lot of the. Um, uh, you, you have to do a lot of work to just to understand the text in its in its original um, in its original um, uh, language, and so I think on on one level that makes it a, a different. A, a different set of uh, uh, you know conditions because you you're in in some ways more dependent on um, uh, on someone uh, reading and interpreting it uh, it for you and so I think that that creates a a, a a slightly different context and to say that they're they're not entirely analogous but but still then you have uh, you know sheikhs who disagree with each other and people who um, uh, have different opinions and um, I'm interested in that in, in that chapter as well to say okay well if you have sheikhs who both read the the the, the, the original language and and are and are you know have, have done all the the training that they're supposed to have done. Then what do you do when there's that uh, that disagreement? And it's interesting to see the kinds of resources that people uh, uh, draw on. Whether it's um, you know this this sheikh is from um, Saudi, or um, I think in, in one case they spend uh, the the uh, Ali and his friend um, uh, are are you know referring to people having authority within um, uh, within Saudi Arabian um, uh, you know. Uh, uh, there's a I forget the name of the um, the panel or the there's a board uh, there uh, that that they feel is is particularly um, authoritative and and it's sort of contrasted with I think Ali says at one point you know some shaken or Musa what his 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 buddy says um, one one shaken in Egypt or something and and for me that's a really key point to say well the, the, the Saudi Saudi Arabian context those are the people who um, you know who really know that know the text as opposed to you know somebody who's uh, who who doesn't and yeah. and that's a, in that case it's a national category which which is interesting yeah yeah that's interesting and there, the the previous chapter there was a sort of a 
perhaps general gener, uh, generational distinction with the discussion of how you understand uh, who can date whom uh, right. and interpretation of some aspects of the Quran there in terms of how how we understand commonalities and, and, and sameness. And it, it seemed like something similar was, was going on there in terms of there's in some sense clear that the text says something, but exactly what it says and who gets to interpret it and imply it was was up for discussion. Yeah, and that 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 one I think is is really interesting because what ends up happening is it, I think it's it's the translation of the word tribe, like what what you know whether or not you're you're from the the same tribe or not, or yeah, and and whether or not uh, in in a you you can understand that in a kind of a twenty uh, a twentieth century or twenty first century context is meaning um, I think the 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 sheikh in that situation is saying. Um, you know, you, you've got to understand this as being like the people that you that are around you that you've grown up with that you have, you know, shared context with, which is, yeah, it is it is very similar to some of the stuff that you see with, uh, um, you know, the 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 Christian interpretations of, of, uh, of the text as well. I think the, the point, though, is that um, whereas the Christians would say, at least in the bad Christian context, that the, the the bad Christian podcast context, that those that those people individually can get that word and it can be authoritative. I think that um, from the 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 context of Ali Dawa's um, videos, it has to be a sheikh who has a um, you know has has the bona fides as it were, who's done the study, and they they can disagree with each other in mm-hmm. in, 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 a, in a way that um, uh, that uh, individuals can. Yeah, it's a it's it's mediated, and it seems like it's interesting in the, the chapter on authority how the non-translatability of the Quran is both a is supposed to be a strength for um, on the one side because look we have the same thing everywhere and then it's just shakes in, interpreting it um, but from the Christian point of view it's well look it's in, it's inaccessible and we have the the Bible translated in all these different languages where from the Muslim perspective, that seems like a, a fragmentation in some ways, and uh, each each person with their own Bible. So, the, I think that seems to under, underline the way that these particular ways of understanding the text get positioned in the context of a of conversation with one another as a strength or as a weakness. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I mean, I, uh, I. Uh, again, it, it, the the perspective that people take on it is really uh, is really important, and the 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 way that you think about the text. So, as, as a Christian thinking about that translation as being a strength rather than a weakness, you know, you can read the text in your own language, and then the, God can speak to you individually. Um, th- that. Uh, uh, that 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 kind of thinking is just not the same uh, the same in in, in Islam and um, uh, the problem is again when when you're trying to make analogies between two different things it it sure that that that's that's a strength of, of the Bible but um or, or or biblical translation but that doesn't you know doesn't resolve other other issues as well um I think the point is that within communities where you accept that that's you know the right the right or an appropriate way of thinking about it. Again, it generally doesn't get challenged in the same way that it would be in a, um, you know, in a, in a, in a Muslim context. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's turn to the, the question of living belief in chapter five. So, and again, these, these themes are not, are interrelated of course, but right. in chapter five, one of the themes is about adapting your beliefs when those adaptations are legitimate, when, when they aren't. So, Again, how how do we see this emerge from the various conversations that you're looking at, and maybe again, tell us about some of the the storylines that you're you're picking up on in in these conversations. Yeah. 
yeah, I think the, the the key one that 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 I think about for this one is really around that that discussion about um, uh, about homosexuality in the Bad Christian podcast. That's the one that it seems like that they're struggling with the most. In in addition to inerrancy, but but homosexuality is uh, is a key one because um, there's a kind of a tradition uh, a, a traditional view in evangelical Christianity about sexuality and about homosexuality in particular. And the hosts from the Bad Christian Podcast are essentially saying, you know, we have these friends, we have these people who, again, um, aren't uh, aren't scamming anyone. They, they genuinely believe this. We um, And they, they do a lot of um, discursive work around showing that those people are not scamming people. They really, actually, you know, they're, they're, they are the 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 real deal. They they really do believe it, and they really are trying. And they 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 tried not to be gay, and and it didn't work for them. And they really really tried, and it didn't work for them. And so what do we do? And um, uh, I think for for me that that's that's a particularly interesting thing to say. Um, well, what what is the what is the process of that? You know, of 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 deciding that um somebody uh th- this thing that we've d- we we've thought in the past is is unacceptable is now going to be viewed as acceptable. What needs to happen? What conditions need to happen for that to be um to for that to be uh, accepted? And um uh. I mean that that the the point about the the discussion about homosexuality in the bad Christian podcast. I mean is is that it's uh it, that's sort of the it's the middle of the transition. I was talking about processes of um uh, of uh, of changes in belief. That one is it's very much um still uh, at least um uh, where I ended it in in the book um not not resolved and and still not resolved. I don't think within within evangelical Christianity about you know, a, a general view about homosexuality. Um, but the the shift is something that is talking about uh, uh, storylines and, and trajectories. You could say that the, the trajectory of that appears to be going in a way where homosexuality will be accepted eventually, that people will um, eventually say that this is, is in the same way that that uh, uh, that sort of interracial couples are, are ha- weren't accepted in the past and now are accepted within uh, evangelical Christianity, that that would be, uh, it's, it's, an, it's an example of that. Now, um, in terms of what what actually happens, though, you know, I'm saying that, that I'm looking at a trajectory, and and I guess the the, the general storyline here is that um, people who are following God or doing uh, what they're uh, what they're supposed to will be led by God to do the right thing. I mean, that's that that's the storyline that they're that they're um, that they're that they're drawing on. Um, it, it, we, uh, we, I was saying that the, in terms of the, the trajectory going in, in a particular way um, or progressing in a particular way, um, we don't actually know that 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 that'll be the case um, because um, there are so many different things that could change um, about, about around um, uh, around what people believe and the different uh, uh, the different things that might that might affect that, um, and so. Um, uh, that, that's what's interesting to me is that you kind of are, are looking at, at at a process happening, but the the, the outcome of it um, is not uh, is not necessarily uh, set. Yeah, yeah, and there's a uh, an analogy that they use, which I think kind of kind of picks up on themes with within some of the the other um, material that you've been looking at, and that's the analogy between the market economy and yeah. good ideas surviving and not and when I was reading that, I was just thinking, well, this this seems to 
pick up on what's going on with people putting these debates out on on YouTube or putting these, uh, you know, these uh, sort of the, the Sheikh's guides to to for particular Muslims out on YouTube. It's this idea that, you know, the the good the good fruit will will you know the good ideas will bear fruit and the bad ideas will wither. But of course, as you you show in this this conversation, there's that idea gets kind of I guess problematized. It's like well, it's 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 not maybe that easy. So maybe could you talk about that conversation a little bit? Yeah, I mean this this gets back into my kind of my analysis of um, social media, sort of more generally, and religion on social media. Um, uh, my my initial work, the first book I, I wrote, was about um, uh, argumentation on YouTube. It's called Antagonism on YouTube, and it was very much about uh, Christians and atheists fighting with each other. Um, but quite often. As, as I was observing people arguing, they weren't. It's not that the arguments weren't genu- genuine, that people didn't genuinely disagree with them, but there was an incentive to disagree with one another. And it's it's actually true, also in in that um, that point about the debates that I was making earlier. That um, you know the 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 real answer to the the the, the debate is um, they're different. And you can't really compare the two to each other. Well, that's not interesting. Nobody wants to watch that that happen. And again, my experience of seeing Shabir Ali in, in Birmingham really brought that to, to light. The people were really excited, really lit up by this. You know, this idea that you know you could you could win, um, and and uh, and one person could be right and one person could be wrong. There's a lot of um, uh, kind of um, uh, competition that 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 kicks off. It gets people um, excited about, about it. Um, and um, that uh, the, the idea then is like whatever, whatever people are interested in, whatever gets views are the sorts of things that, um, uh, that people end up talking about. And that's not necessarily what that means is that people don't necessarily talk about what's important necessarily. Um, but again, I, as, as I say that, I'm like, well, who gets to decide what's important? Is it is it you know is, is it the theologians? I, I have a, a colleague in in theology who's um you know her, her response to the um kinds of the stuff on YouTube is always a little bit um, dismissive in the sense that you know the the theologians are the ones who are dealing with the big issues, and these people are arguing about you know whatever it is that they're arguing about. But for me, this is this is what theology is. It's people trying to figure out what they believe about um, uh, about God or about the supernatural in day-to-day life, you know, in ways that, that matters to them. Um, I, I, and so I guess the, 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 the point for me is that it, it's, it's being manipulated now in this interaction um, by, um, or the interactions that I'm looking at on social media, it's being uh, manipulated by the market. Um, and we should, we should take note of that um, that doesn't mean that that hasn't been the case in the past. I mean, if you look at um, kind of the history of uh, of uh, televangelism, for example, um, or um, you know the kinds of uh, drama around uh, uh, around people uh, you know, uh, preaching in, in in physical locations as well, the, that that very much is about um, uh, about drama in a in a in a different way. So. I mean, one of the points that I'm always making about digital interaction is that, you know, it's not that new, you know, it's, a lot of the stuff you see, it's very, it's very, um, uh, you know, um, it's happened before. I always enjoy doing this with, for historians or theologians and I show an argument that they're having and they're like, oh yeah, you know, that, that's, that was a big deal in my 
you know, in my data from, you know, the 1645. Nothing's new under the sun. Yeah. In some so, way. So, so YouTube is the new, what, Wittenberg door or something. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> we're sort of joking, but yeah. I always, um, thinking about the, the printing presses is interesting that, you know, it, it, it's probably overstating it, but you have, you have Protestantism basically because of the printing press. But I, I sort of feel in some ways that we have atheism or new atheism because of YouTube. I mean, you can you can draw a line between the kind of the the, the emergence of people like Dawkins and, um, and Christopher Hitchings and and you know those Dan Dennett those, those people and and their videos being posted on on YouTube. So I I think that we 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 do ourselves a disservice by by thinking only about the ideas that people are saying about theology without looking at technology and 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 the social context. Um, uh, but of course, that, that's an academic position. I think one, one of the difficulties in, in doing this kind of analysis is that you, um, in, in some way, kind of have to uh, not discount, but the, the actual belief that people have in the supernatural. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, saying, yeah, 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 but here's what they're, what they're doing, you know, on, on YouTube. But I, I always struggle. I think as an as an academic, I'll hide this sort of at the back end of the podcast. Sort of my, my the weaknesses of, of of the work that I do is saying, well, but that that's not what they believe. You know, that this isn't the position that they're taking. And and we have this is, issue quite often in, in metaphor studies where um, you, you mark something as someone burning in hell as as being a um, as being a metaphor <laughs> for some, <laughs> but, but yeah, that's exactly the point. Well, how do you account for the person who believes that someone is actually, actually. physically mm-hmm. burning in a physical hell? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, I, uh, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, I, I, I think, but, but I think, I think being aware of it is, uh, it's, it's important to take all these things, uh, to take all these things into account. But, but I, I think that the thing that's always interesting to me as a discourse analyst is you can say, well, the reason that they're talking about this, I, I can kind of account for the reason that they're talking about the things that they're counting, they're, they're talking about, uh, looking at the, at the context. It's, it's not, it's not hidden in, in, in a lot of ways. It's quite obvious. Yeah. And let me see if I can, in the time we have left, frame, frame this question. Uh, so one of the things you point out in, in the book is that a lot of times certain key ideas are, are not explicitly defined, even if they're a point of contention, like the, the word of right. God, what is, what does this idea mean? And from sort of an argumentation theory perspective, we might think, well, this is a failing of the debate. What we need to do, first of all, is identify precisely what our common ground is, what, what it is we're disagreeing about, and so on and so forth. Um, but it, it, the way that you're talking about it, it seems like in some ways this is a, a strategy for them, um, whether it's intentional or not. And so I guess I'm just curious about this feature of, of the debates where they seem to be, in some ways, not really disagreeing because they're talking about different things. Do you think of this as, as an intentional strategy, an unintentional strategy? Is that not the way to even think about it? And then maybe if you, if you can um, talk about how that impacts the question of whether these debates and podcasts are, are changing people's minds or attitudes. I mean, if they're talking past each other and they're essentially uh, just reinforcing kind of their, their own uh, presentation of themselves, is it actually having the impact that they even think that they're having of building toleration or changing minds? Yeah, what, yeah, what do you think about I, those I, questions? I, yeah, those, those, those are, those are uh, d- difficult questions in, in the sense that my research doesn't really um, look at the at the impact of, of, of what happens. I mean, I've, I've been looking at 
the kind of the the, this discourse around these things for so for so long, there, I have do have a kind of a sense of the trajectory. But you're right. I, I think the position that I take in in the end is that um, that at least in the case of the debates where Shabir Ali and the, and the Christians are arguing with each other, that um, a lot of that is performative for your own community, and that it's important um, if you're a Christian to see a Christian. Um, uh, you know, as the YouTube video say, destroy, you know, a Muslim scholar, or if you're a Muslim to see a, you know, a, a Muslim scholar, you know, annihilate a, a Christian debater, um, that, that reinforces the idea that what you believe is, um, uh, is right, is, is, um, uh, uh, is, uh, is, uh, defensible, you know, uh, maybe you can't do it necessarily, but there are People who can do it, um, and that you know, if you if if Shabir Ali was here, he would be able to give you the answers, even if if I can't do it. So I think that that's a key part of a uh, key part of faith. That you know, for the parts that you can't account for yourself, at least you can believe that um, that somebody else can account for it for you. Um, um, and um, so, so that that that's that's what I as I as I look at the the debates and the way that they're structured in particular that um the that that sometimes they talk about kind of interreligious dialogue but for me that a debate can't be a, a interreligious dialogue can't be debate because um there are plenty of um you, you, you if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a dialogue about things you would you would choose things that you agreed upon you know rather than things you disagreed upon um, which is kind of a part of the, the research that I that, that I also do looking at kind of community organizations in, in Birmingham where where I live where um, uh, you know you have uh, Christians Muslims Methodists um, well, Methodists is Christians but um, you know it, it, people from civic organizations academics all working together on shared uh, on shared goals once they say uh, we we have the shared value of of you know caring for your community that that those are the contexts where people are are working um uh you know are are doing good work together in terms of the debates I I, I don't think that that um at least in in the context of the ones that I'm talking about I don't think that those have the they, they don't have the, the the ability to um I shouldn't say that they don't have the ability I'm sure people change their minds but whether or not they go one way or the other way there's all these kind of stories that people tell of of you know people you know, converting to Christianity or converting to Islam, or in in the case of of new atheism, a lot of people deciding to become, you know, atheists based on on, on watching videos on YouTube. So I, I should say that it it, it can be it, it can be possible that 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 happens that people change their beliefs based on on what they read online. And of course, you know, you're thinking about QAnon and and um, you know, other kinds of conspiracy theories as well. Of course, people change their mind, but I don't think that goes in, in, in one direction, if that makes sense. It's not like everybody's becoming a Christian or everybody's becoming a Muslim or everybody's getting into QAnon. It's that, and again, this, this goes back to my sort of point at the beginning, whatever your kind of core beliefs are at the beginning or how you view the world, um, really has an influence on how you come to, you know, come to, uh, understand the things that you engage with online. So, um, for going back to Trump and in my, my story about like being, being shocked that my family would support him. Well, actually when, when you take a couple of steps back and you, you sort of take the, however Trump presents himself, uh, off and you say, well, we're talking about you know uh, a set of beliefs that that they hold. Then actually, it does it does make some sense that you would you would support him, um, um, regardless of you know these these other things that um, that that are that are a part of it. Um, 
Sorry, the, the second part of your question was I don't remember. Oh yeah, I, I basically just trying to think about whether uh, it's an it's an intentional strategy or not, or, or whether what, or not it's intentional. I think I think that's an think interesting. Yeah, I think that's an interesting question about what what people are doing and why they're um, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, I, I think this is an, it's always useful to look at. I mean, I don't just do analysis of of people on. Um, in religion, but you know other other kind of social media stars. I have a chapter coming out about a um, a, a fitness blogger as, as well, and um, the the kinds of the kinds of same attitudes you see in in the way that 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 just vloggers approach the way that they talk about whatever it is that they're interested in um, is um, uh, intentional is a, a tricky word. Um, Strategic maybe is 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 a better one. I think I think I think they definitely do think about what it is that they're posting and um, uh, whether or not it uh, it will garner more views or not. I think the, the probably the accounting for that though isn't that it's going to get more views. It's that more people are interested in it, so it is more important. So um, if Ali Dawa posts a lot about um, marriage, for example, because people are you know, interested in marriage. Well, the question then becomes: Well, is it is it intentional in terms of in terms of driving up views on it? He really wants to talk about something else, or um, uh, does he does he sense that as being um, an important part of his his work is to address the things that people are are concerned about? And I think that's probably true of of the Bad Christian Podcast as well that they are um, uh, th- that their whole brand is around um, kind of being controversial. And um, so uh, it, it, it works into that, that if, if the more controversial something is, the more views that it gets, you know, kind of the, 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 um, uh, the, the, the more views that they, that they, that they manage to, um, to get. Yeah. Well, there is a lot here and I could talk about, uh, talk with you about this for a long time, but let me just close by picking up on something that you just said, which is uh, the fitness uh, blogger. Uh, what else are you working on now? Now that this book is out, uh, where is your attention turning? Yeah, so I've got a, a couple of different things that I'm that I'm working on. I, I am uh, sort of starting to see myself a bit as a, a post-digital researcher in the sense that, I mean, even this uh, this. Um, uh, a book that the talk about faith book, though it is people talking online, I really see it in, as as being about um, uh, just people talking about faith in in two thousand and whatever it was two thousand and eighteen. I mean, the way that the digital uh, interaction is such a key part of uh, of of our day to day life, and particularly you know this last year, um, it will only be more so. Um, so I've been been really interested in in the interactions that I, I kind of alluded to before around community organizations in um, uh, in uh, in Birmingham where I'm living, but uh, the idea that people of different faith work together to organize to um, to collectively to to accomplish um, whether it's it's political change or community change, um, uh, I, I've been really interested in, in in how those interactions happen, and it's almost the opposite in some ways of of what uh, what's what happened in, in the book, where I'm looking at people either argue arguing with each other or trying to consolidate their faith um, in in the meetings and and. Uh, uh, kind of um, a- activism that I've been involved in now. Um, it's the opposite of people with people trying to find common ground, trying to work together. And um, I, I'm, I, I, I don't want to come off as, as too starry eyed about it, but I'm, 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 I'm optimistic about the possibilities of, of people working together when, when you can 
again intentionally and strategically go the other way and say what is it that we what is it that we agree on and how can we um, how can we accomplish uh, positive change so um, I'm I'm uh, uh, trying to get some funding to do a, a project um, in uh, in Birmingham that that project is called uh, language and religion in the super diverse city um, and so I've, I've been working on that I've also have a a, a, a book that I co-authored um, with some colleagues in Japan uh, called Cognitive Linguistics and Religions, Religious Language, an introduction on Routledge. Um, and that book is coming out next month. Um, that's a bit of more of a, a primer about cognitive linguistics and religious language. And then I have a um, uh, an edited collection called Analyzing Religious Discourse that's coming out uh, this summer. That's uh, There's 19 chapters in it from, um, uh, from people who are looking at um, uh, uh, just different topics within analyzing religious discourse. So there's a chapter on ethnography, on media, on conversation, um, rhetoric, um, again, nine, 19 different topics. And uh, uh, with a conclusion by David Crystal, which is um, which is really great. I'm excited about uh, having him involved. So um, yeah, those are those are the two to, to look for in, in, in the future. Great. Sounds like you're you're busy. Thank you for taking the time to, to talk to us for, for the podcast. It's been, been, been my pleasure. Yeah, well, cheers. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been great to talk about the book, and uh, uh, and I uh, look forward to um, to seeing uh, what what the feedback is from uh, from listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Stephen. Cheers. Thank you.